everybody. How are you? It is the ER nurse, Uncensored. I'm Mike. Thanks for coming back. Episode number two. I have been taking a ton of notes in my little notes app, writing everything I want to scream in this microphone about over the next God knows how many weeks, and I am thrilled to be able to bring all, this, bring all those things to you. I know that sometimes people who work in healthcare think things, maybe say things to themselves or in private with like, you know, their husband or wife or their very, very close friends. But I think what's really important is that uh, you know that you're not alone. I'll say them out loud for you. I can have the have the ability to, to be anonymous and I can just say whatever I want. But I want you to know that we feel it too. It's okay. Don't run away from your feelings. It's fucked up. I get it. Uh, today we're going to talk about the magic show. And I think you probably already know what I mean if you work in an ER but if you don't, you're going to be educated greatly today. Uh, also, as a heads up, I'm going to be cranking out shows a lot over the next few weeks. I'm on vacation this upcoming week. Thank God. Get away from these fucking animals. But that being said, the next, I don't know, at least three to four months every week, we're coming out with shows. So like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. It's a grassroots thing. Uh, you know, send direct message me, send in stuff you want me to talk about, and we'll cover it. All right, the magic show. I'm gonna walk you through what it is for us as ER workers and nurses and stuff to walk through what we have to do to create the illusion that you're being taken care of or something's happening. And there's a lot of moving parts here, but let me let me just walk you through. Let's say you come in and you're stupid. And you came to the emergency room for nothing that's an emergency. And this happens a lot. I would venture to say, I'm going to say 70%, but it's probably, you know, maybe that's being a little bit jaded. Maybe 60% of anything that walks in the door is not emergency worthy. I see a tremendous amount of bullshit. Let's just paint a scenario. Let's say you're 26 years old and you came in because you have congestion. Like just being sick. Which, by the way, is a whole other topic of you're allowed just to be sick nowadays. You don't have to run to the emergency room to be told what's wrong with you. You're just sick. Grow up, wake the fuck up, take your medicine, and go about your life. Stop bothering us. We got other shit to do. But you having, stop, get out of here. We're we're not interested. We're going to run some tests on you. We may do swabs, which is part of the magic show, and we'll move on. But... There is this expectation that people have when they run to the fucking ER that, hey, I need to be told what's wrong with me. I need a definitive answer. Tell me. And here is where the magic show begins. So let's say I'm 26, 27. I come in with nasal congestion and I had a cough for like three days. It's always three days. Um, Here's what we have to do. We know that some nurse leaders and people on the back end of your visit are going to what we call round on you. Rounding means someone's going to either come into your room during your stay or when you're checking out and ask you how your visit was. Now, these things translate into scores or things that have to be passed up to upper management to see how everyone's doing. Now, If we wanted to say what we were thinking when you came in, my response to your complaint would be, what do you want us to do for you? You're an adult. Can you do something for yourself? Why do I have to do it for you? 
get the fuck out of here. That would not go well with my leadership. I've had times where I said things that are similar, cloaked in a little bit of sarcasm and a little bit of like, what the fuck kind of looks that I give you, but not directly said like that. It does happen though. It gets people in fucking trouble. Or when this person leaves the ER, they're going to get a follow-up uh, you know, set of paperwork or a survey. And they have to fill out a survey very detailed about their entire visit. The provider, the nurse, what do we do? Blah, blah. This is all part of the magic show. So let's say I go into the room or they come through triage and I go in and I go, what's going on? Let's bring you to the bird's room today. Let's start, let's start the dance. I have to be nice to you and I have to pretend like what's happening to you is the worst possible thing in the universe and we're going to bend over backwards to, to suck your dick and we're going to massage your feet and we're going to make sure that you are so taken care of that there's no, ex- no excuse for you not to leave a absolutely glowing, beautiful, immaculate review, which is all they care about. So let's say you say, I've congested, I've had a cough for a week. Okay, I pretend to be nice to you, and then I take all your information, and then I walk out. Now, the next step is going to happen is a provider or a doctor or a nurse practitioner or someone's going to come see you and examine you and decide what they're going to do. Now, I will translate. Most doctors come by the nurse and go, hey, what's going on in room 12 or whatever? And I'll be like, oh, just guy just has this you know, congestion. He's fine. And, like, oh, what the f-? and they'll be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, just, I, can't, I can't make them not come in. So then now they have to go in and then do the same sort of magic show that I did, but on a bigger, grander scale because they're the ones making the decisions. Now, in most circumstances, they would just tell you, uh, yeah, um, this is not something that's an emergency and you're wasting my time and you can just leave. But we can't do that. It's a magic show. So now he has to pretend like he really cares and he has to really do something for you. The magic show now is what is the minimum amount of things that we need to do to make you feel like you're special and that we're really going above and beyond in our job to make sure that what's going on with you is solved, even though we likely don't have an answer for you. Now, you may test positive for like the flu or COVID or whatever. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change anything. But once again, part of the magic show. So let's say he can use the cough as an excuse and be like, I don't know. He'll, so they'll walk out and be like, I don't know. Let's do swabs and a chest x-ray, I guess. They're going to run that plan by you and make sure you're cool with it. Now, if we do a chest x-ray and it's normal, which it most likely is, and we run swabs, and swabs typically are flu, COVID, and strep. That's kind of the new trio. And we run all those and everything comes back negative. Now we have to figure out a way to present that to you, the thing that we knew when you first walked in was there's nothing's wrong with you and you need to grow the fuck up. So we might even hand you like an ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is the number one, number one dispensed medication in an emergency room. You know the one where you can get like 180 pills for like six bucks at CVS? Yeah, that. We give out 200, 400, 600, 800 milligrams of ibuprofen all day long long and it is not that cheap (laughs) once again part of the magic show i usually present it as oh this is high dose ibuprofen or hospital dose ibuprofen it's bullshit it's the same stuff you have at home nothing's changed nothing it's just part of the show 
This is anti-inflammatory. We're going to give you uh, something to help you with your symptoms. Whatever the whatever the the magical phrase you want to say is, that's what we're telling you. So you feel better about the fact that you're there and we're doing something. So we're going to radiate your chest <laughs> with an X-ray, and it's going to be fine. And then we're going to give you ibuprofen or high dose ibuprofen or hospital dose ibuprofen, whatever the fucking magic word is. And then we're going to you know, do the swabs, everything's going to come back negative. Now we have to tell you that we don't have an answer for you. However, we're going to present it like we shifted the entire seismic universe to get you an answer, and we can't find anything other than you have a viral illness, upper respiratory um, infection, whatever it may be, something we cannot solve for you right this second. So you need to go home like we knew when you walked in the door. You can't be here. Stop. Go away. This is what we have to do to tell you or try to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you, but we have to sort of present in a way where you won't be mad at us at the end of it. But even despite us doing all that, a lot of people are like, what's wrong with me? You're sick. You have a viral illness. We don't know. We don't have a test for what you have. But if you take these over-the-counter medications, which... For some reason, we're going to prescribe to you. Do you know how much like loratadine and just allergy medicine or like, you know, ibuprofen, whatever it may be, just to give people that's prescribed? That's all a fucking total illusion. Oh, we're going to prescribe you 800 milligrams of ibuprofen? Okay, cool. Make sure you eat with it. (laughs) I mean, it's the same shit you can get over the counter, but if we prescribe something... And somehow it's supposed to be automatically better. And a lot of people just ask for antibiotics. They don't even need it, but they just want it. But we have to explain to them that antibiotics don't work. Whatever. We try to explain these things. People still are upset. What would you like us to do? What miracle do you want us to perform to make your symptoms go away? We're not going to be able to. People get sick. It's okay. Which sort of leads to the next thing. A lot of a lot of new doctors, and I can tell you this in the last at least couple of years, this illusion has now morphed itself into a full-scale production. Anybody who walks in the door who's young and otherwise healthy has a fever, now these doctors, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna use a word that could be offensive to some people, and I don't give a fuck. These pussy fucking doctors are so terrified that they're going to be looked upon as a bad practitioner. Someone's going to say something bad about them or they're going to miss something really rare and who knows and what they sue me. And they're so worried about being litigated against any kind of lawyer sued um, anything that's going to come back on them. They work everyone up like crazy. When I say when I work them up, it's not just doing swabs and chest x-ray. Now it's Blood work and blood cultures and IV antibiotics and we got to do a lactic and we got to... Now this person, instead of being here for 10 minutes or even 30 minutes at the most for these swabs and whatever, now we're turning to like two-hour workups and it's infuriating because they're so scared. They know in their heart of hearts nothing's wrong with this person, but they can't just bring themselves to say... Hi, uh, nothing wrong with you. Uh, we're going to do the bare minimum. We're going to get you the fuck out of here. They can't do it. It's like not built into them. And this new generation of doctors is especially bad. 
Some of them, some exceptions, are actually have some semblance of, of kind of like self-confidence, awareness, like I'm not going to make this a huge big deal over nothing. Thank you. By the way, those who do that, thank you. But understand, you're fucking sh- the other ones, you're fucking shit up. So now, now the real illusion is these people get worked up for two or three hours and now it turns into CT scans and all this blood work and now their bill is going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And guess what? What if, what if the conclusion is the same? We didn't find anything. Well, now my bill goes from being $300 covered by insurance or $600 or whatever it is to 3,000, 4,000, this, this now is, becomes a long-term problem for this person. On top of the fact that you're also doing a lot of, un, I don't want to say unnecessary tests, but really over-the-top stuff. And this happens a tremendous amount. Now, if you're really sick and we have viable reasons to do big workups, totally, let's do it. If you need an EKG and we need to do a troponin, we need to do these more advanced blood work uh, things, it's totally fine. This is not for the ones who are actually sick. I'm talking about the ones who are not sick. But we have to put on this magic show. And it's not because we feel like we need to. It's because we've backed ourselves into a corner, as far as the hospital systems go, that they base everything, everything, on what it is to what, you, what the patient's perception of their care is. They now become the ones that dictate how things go. It used to be that the hospitals would protect the, the, us from the patients. No, no, no. These are, the, these are the professionals. They do what they feel like they need to do, and if you're unhappy about that, then you can go somewhere else. That's not how it is anymore. These hospitals are begging for your business. And they want you to come back a lot. So we have to bend over backwards and take it up the ass every single time anyone walks in the door. And we have to make it seem like what's happening is the worst possible thing in the universe. And we have to make it like a Disney ride. Because now, now the patients are being protected from us. What did we do wrong? Oh, God. What, oh, my God. What did we do wrong? If anyone complains, I have people who come in the door going, I want Dilaudid. And for those who don't know, it is like the strongest pain medication. It's like a thousand times stronger than morphine. Walking in and going, I want pain medicine. I want this. I want that. Just walking in, just demanding the most ludicrous treatments. And sometimes we give it to them. Because these higher-ups, whether it be nurse management or hospital administrators, are... Just lay over pussies. They'll, they, they do not want one bad thing talked about their hospital. Google reviews fucked some shit up. The start, the start of it was Yelp. I mean, I'm not even sure they do Yelp on hospitals anymore, but Google reviews has turned the society fucking crazy. And if I see another Google review for a hospital or anywhere else, it goes, if I could give it zero stars, I would. Shut the fuck up. If you're that miserable, then just kill yourself. Just stop. You're not doing anybody any good. But that's the thing. Now the the hospitals are protecting these people. When we have already enough to fucking deal with and do, we're short-staffed, we're underpaid. Sometimes we have very limited resources to our disposal. 
And now you want us to go over the uh, go over the top with these people and give them the world. And if you keep giving them the world with the most unreasonable expectations that they have, they're going to come in and keep demanding it and abusing the system. That is a killer. We are not primary care. We are not a med refill station. We are not a pharmacy. Listen to the words, emergency room, not plush hotel, not you know, sleeping quarters for those who sleep outside. It's not a spa. It's not a restaurant. It's a fucking emergency room. And we've lost complete sight of that. I'm trying to deal with the thing that is life-threatening. We rule those things out and then you move on. But we are really getting away from that. Something I'm going to talk about down the road is the death of primary care. And this is part of it. Because God forbid you want to get an appointment with your doctor. Do you know how many times we hear, oh, I have an appointment on Thursday, but I just couldn't wait that long. Yeah, but you've had elbow pain for three weeks. Yeah, I just couldn't wait any longer. I need, I need something. Okay, well, I mean, but there's some parts of us that go, well, I mean, I can't necessarily be totally upset because this person has abdominal pain, you know, and they're 57 years old and maybe have a history of things with their, with their stomach and they can't get in anywhere for like a month. What are they supposed to do? So you come to the emergency room. Yeah, we'll rule some stuff out, but we're going to move on. we got to do this quickly. But we have a huge gene pool of people who come in and just use the ER as like a clinic. Like minute clinic urgent care shit. Can't do it. We, sh- we need to have more autonomy to be able to tell people we're not going to give you this this cavalcade of treatment for something that we know is not life-threatening. But everything is so based around the perception of our care that we have totally tipped our hand. The patients are number one with a bullet, and it's become painfully obvious to everyone who works in the emergency room that Most administrators and most upper management do not give a fuck about their employees. They don't. They they worship at the altar of the patient to come back every single time. Come back. Absolutely come back. Come on back. Do a follow-up. Come on back. That's the new model. They want you to abuse us. (laughs) They do. Sometimes there are noble and brave providers who go, You cannot come here for what you're coming here for. I'm going to do this for you, and then you need to leave and follow up with your primary care doctor or or something else, not this. Who actually spell out, emergency room, here's the reason why we do the things we do here, and then you need to go. However, we have far too many providers and administrators and leaders who will ignore the fact that we have a certain duty to handle the sickest of the sick and then make sure that they live and then do the best we can 
and get them to where they need to get to for the best possible care. Two, sir, I understand that you came in here um, because you need a refill on your Percocets for your knee pain that you've had since 1994. Um, we're going to do everything possible to make this happen for you. No. No. Stop. And the providers who go, oh, well, let's, what if he has a, what if he has a blood clot? And what if he has this? And what if he has that? And what if he has pneumonia? And what if his aorta is rupturing? And what if he's having a stroke? It's like, bro, dude, calm down. <laughs> Stop. They, they let their brains get the, the worst of them. And we all have to fucking suffer. It's crazy. But the magic show continues. What do we have to do to make you feel like what we have done for you, no one else could do? We are the great providers of the world. And that's what, that's what it is. These hospital systems are not about good vibes. They're about good profits. They're about good business. Don't let them fool you. They could give two fucks about their staff. They could give two fucks about your problems, your issues, your lunch break, whatever it is. They want those patients coming back because they know they can go somewhere else. And if they, they find brand loyalty, whether it be with you or without you, that's their goal. They have to steal you from somewhere else. Where I work, there's three main systems. There's HCA, there's Advent Health, and there's Orlando Health. Central Florida is dominated by those three places. And there are brand loyal people, I guess, for the right reasons. Maybe the wrong reasons, I don't know, but they got captured. They were trapped. I'm an Advent patient. I'm an HCA patient. Not many of those. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm followed by Orlando Health. Great. Stay in your system, but they're not, they're never satisfied that you're there all the time. They know that you could still go somewhere else and be captured by the other one, by the other team. You could be stolen like a prisoner of war. We got you. They know. And they're so fixated on this that they lost control of their ability to keep staff. We talked about this earlier in episode one. Staffing problems. You have people who are having difficulty finding ways to come to work. You're doing it to yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. I understand in some capacity, patients need to come first for their, for their health and for whatever. But the ones who come to abuse the system and to, and to who know to, they've unlocked it, they know how to take advantage of the situation and they sacrifice our happiness and our morale as a staff, it's, it's got to stop. You have to understand that we need some backup sometimes because if we don't, we become disenfranchised and we are on the brink of all times of being two bad shifts in a row. Fuck you. I'm out. I'm done. And I've seen it happen. I've watched people be like, that's it. I, I, I can't do what you guys do anymore. And it's unfortunate that happens, but it does. And we need to figure out as a healthcare system, which I think is well, well, is damaged well beyond repair, to get it to the point where the staff and the nurses, the everyone down to the medics and radiology 
And even the people who clean the rooms and lab, they all feel like they're part of the solution to actually help people. The thing we used to do way back in the day, but now we just feel like we're a pawn in the game. And we're the rabbit being pulled out of the hat for the magic trick to make everyone else feel better about their dumb life. Stop taking advantage of us. Get your shit together. Because if you don't have us, you don't have anything. If you don't have nursing staff and you don't have the ability to to get patients back to rooms because you don't have people to man those rooms, you're fucked. And watch. You think there's a nursing shortage now? Wait in the next three to five years. It's only going to get ten times worse. We're going to cover that on multiple episodes down the road. So I'm going to try to keep these down to a below 30 minutes because once I get rolling, I can, I can smoke out an hour. And I just I, I think I feel like it's too long for me to be ranting for. Um, but if you have any feedback and you want to send anything, you can direct message me on Instagram. It's uh, ER Nurse Uncensored. Uh, or just uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or anything like that and leave a review. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, see you.